Hello and welcome back to the Truth Channel Inspired. This is a media source that is dedicated to bringing truth to practical subjects, and every truth that we discuss on here is going to be biblically sound, but that doesn't mean that you have to be a Christian to be listening to this. Um, I actually think that a lot of people tuning in will be surprised at how much our natural desires do align with biblical principles and how much you do agree with what the Bible says. Um, and that's one of my passions with starting this channel is I felt like there is a big misunderstanding of what exactly God stands for and what the Bible says. And so I just want to show how much truth is actually in the word and the heart behind um, what God says about certain subjects. So this week we're going to be tackling a really massive subject. Um, I'm going to try and keep it as short as possible, but it's one that has come up in my life. And uh, as I was doing research, I really have tried to make a change in my clothing and my fashion and my shopping. So today we are gonna be talking about the truth about your clothes and specifically with that fast fashion. I, Lindsay Frederick, promise to tell the truth, the full truth and nothing but the truth. Fast fashion. Okay, so I don't know if you haven't heard this term. I hadn't heard this term until very recently, but it is a very important thing that I think everybody should be concerned about because as humans, we all live on this earth and we need this earth to stay around. So we, that is something that we should all care for. And as humans, we should also care for other humans. And both of these things, the earth and other humans are being negatively affected through our shopping habits, through our clothes, through the industry of fast fashion. So what is fast fashion? Fast fashion is basically a term that's used to describe our current fashion industry that is based on faster production with lower costs. So everything about the fashion industry has become faster. The speed at which the products are made, the speed at which we consumers buy these products, the speed at which we get rid of these products, and then the speed at which new trends are coming out. Okay, so although this sounds like a good thing, you know, like having more clothes, cheaper prices, and I can get them faster and easier, it's actually having a very negative effect on um, the people that are making these clothes, these clothes and the environment. So just like I said earlier. So I'm just gonna kind of back up and give you a little idea of how far we have come as a fashion industry in comparison to what it used to be and why, because of this, why fast fashion is an issue. So fast fashion is a recent and worsening issue. Before like the 1960s, fashion was really more for the elite, but then with technology, fashion became more accessible to everyday people like you and me. So before, fashion used to only have four seasons and the designers would be creating months in advance based on what they assume the consumer would want to wear. So think about that. So four seasons being prepared months in advance. Now look at 2020 and you have stores like Zara, Forever 21, H&M, Gap, Boohoo, all these online stores now that are popping up with really cheap clothing having up to 52 micro seasons throughout the year. Um, and if you do that math, when I saw that number, I was like, wait, 52, that seems familiar. 52, what, in a year? 52 weeks in a year. That means that they are producing a new line of trendy clothing or whatever every single week. That's crazy. You go from four to 52, something massive has to change. There has to be some sort of effect that this is having, and there is. Um, so number one, what does this do to us as consumers? Well, it pushes a very materialistic society because suddenly, I mean, and I totally am like 
a victim of this and a participant of this and I'm trying to be better but Forever 21 and H&M used to be my absolute favorite stores and I would go and every time there was something new there was something else I could get and I, I'm under the impression now that I need because I see them on display in the store I see other girls wearing them you know it creates a very materialistic society when we're pushing out new 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 every single week right and so this causes us to actually end up spending more money than we would if uh, there were slower trends and for a higher price. So not only are we having up to 52 micro seasons within a year, but we're also having those um, clothing pieces being released at really low prices. And because of these cheaper prices, I'm under the impression that I'm spending less money because, oh, this shirt is only $3, but really when I'm buying seven $3 items or 20 $3 items, now I'm spending more money than if I would have just had one $12 shirt or something like that. According to one study, people bought 60% more in 2014 than they did in 2000, but then kept that clothing half as long. Now that might seem like a little bit outdated, you know, 2014, but with the way that the fashion industry is progressively getting worse in this area, I would assume that that number is even higher now in 2020. So just keep that in mind, 60% more wearing them half as much or half as long. So as we're buying more, we're also throwing more away. Because these clothes are lower quality, they're not lasting as long, and also, and it was $3 anyway, it doesn't really matter if I throw it away, I can just buy another one, right? Uh, clothes are dispensable, clothes are now a disposable item, they're not as valuable to us because we're not paying as much for them. That being said, that kinda is a perfect segue into how this is affecting our environment. And I'm gonna throw a lot of statistics at you guys, um, but that is just in hopes that you will see how much of an impact this actually has and how important it is for us to, to be aware of this so that we can start to make a difference, right? Clothing makes up about 3.8 billion pounds of landfills each year. And it is estimated that the average American throws away 65 to 80 pounds of clothing each year. That's crazy. And furthermore, if this clothing that we're buying is cheaper, it's also then made out of cheaper, um, non-biodegradable material, which means that clothing can take up to 200 years to disintegrate in these landfills. So that's just the whole like buying and getting rid of clothes that is causing an impact, but this isn't even like the worst part of the industry. We should also be very, very, very concerned, primarily concerned with the production of the clothing. So the two main materials used to make clothing are cotton and polyester. And so as fashion demands are super high, remember up to 52 micro seasons a year, uh, the, de the demand for these two things then is also extremely high. Let's just talk about cotton for a minute. Cotton is a super water demanding plant and it also calls for a large amount of pesticides and all those chemicals that go with farming. It, you use a lot of those when you are harvesting um, cotton and even more so when you're trying to maintain a high rate of production with cotton. So just to give you a little bit of perspective here, um, the amount of cotton it takes to make one shirt um, can need up to 2,700 2, liters of water for one shirt. In a documentary I watched called The True Cost, which you all should watch if you're interested in the subject, actually not even if you're interested, you should watch this because it puts a visual and they give so many more in-depth facts, stories, they follow everything. Anyways, um, True Cost documentary, um, it shows the health impact of farmers that are working on these cotton farms and that are having to use these pesticides and chemicals 
it is actually killing these individuals, these farmers, and affecting the people in the in the communities around them. So they see they've seen a high spike in disabilities and children born with disabilities due to the chemicals in the air. Um, farmers are coming away with cancers, brain tumors, all these things that are in association with these chemicals that they're spraying all over their cotton fields in order to get them to the fashion industry. So that's just cotton. Let's talk about polyester. Polyester is the second main um, material used in our clothing, um, and it creates three times a carbon footprint than cotton because it's not a natural thing. It's actually like produced through like oil or something. And so that production process of polyester creates a substantial amount of greenhouse gases that are released into the air. So the two main ingredients you see are having a major, major effect on our environment and the people that are living in those environments and trying to produce these things. That's not even talking about the water pollution that's coming from uh, the process of dyeing our clothes and making them the colors that they are, or the washing of our clothes that's happening at home when we're washing our clothes and there's half a million tons of microfibers being released into the ocean. That Like, we're not even there yet and uh, we're not really gonna cover that, but that's just like giving you an idea of how much this is affecting our environment. So yeah, this is like really just surface level. I'm just trying to get you started and get, start to get you aware of this subject and how important it is. But overall, just to like put it in perspective, I like what unenvironment.org has to say about just like the impact the fashion industry has on the environment. The fashion industry produces 20% of global water waste and 10% of global carbon emissions. That's more than all international flights and maritime shipping. Textile dyeing is the second largest polluter of water globally, and it takes around 2,000 gallons of water to make a typical pair of jeans. So we have all of these environmental issues that are arising because of the faster rate of production that is being pushed within the fashion industry, the fast fashion industry. Um, but that's, again, not even the worst part. Personally, I think what's even more shocking is the statistics on the people that are actually having to create these clothes, the labor. So how these companies are getting their cheap labor is they're outsourcing the work to low and middle income class countries. So that would largely include um, Asia, Eastern Europe, Latin America, and specifically China, India, Bangladesh, and Vietnam are some of the hot spots for these companies to be sourcing from. There are roughly 40 million garment workers in the world today. And a, more, and a majority of these 40 million workers are female. You could think of it one way, as like, yes, this is awesome that it's providing 40 million jobs, right? However, within these um, supplier factories, workers are mistreated, physically abused, sexually harassed, and forced into overtime labor, and also work for low, low wages. According to figures from the U.S. National Labor Committee, some Chinese workers make as little as 12 to 18 cents per hour working also in poor conditions. Um, other statistics show that some women will be paid $12 a month at some of the worst factories in Bangladesh. Because of the push for fast fashion to have lower prices at a faster pace, um, these women are being worked overtime and then some of them not even getting compensated for those extra hours. According to the True Cost website, which is the website that's from the documentary I talked about earlier, a report found that 94% of Cambodia factories investigated violated overtime regulations and that a factory dismissed 40 workers for refusing to do overtime work. So because this industry is so profit-centered, um, really the, the main concern of these fashion companies is to make 
the most money with the least amount of expenses. And because of this, workers have become viewed as disposable. Basically, companies will get rid of anyone who poses a threat to the system they have going right now. And they know that there will be another worker waiting at the door to come and fill that other person's place. So this makes workers really hesitant to speak out or form unions against these management companies because they'll just get fired. They're disposable. One article I was reading on greenamerica.org talks about this interview process that the Global Labor Justice, or GLJ, did. Um, they interviewed like 500 plus women, specifically within H&M and Gap's supply factories, and this is what they said. One woman in GLJ's Gap report explained, once a worker makes a complaint, she won't be able to get a job in any of the factories because she will be blacklisted. So basically, because these workers are disposable um, and when they try to ask for better working conditions, better wages, whatever it is that they, they need um, and have the right to, when they try and speak up for that, the factory will fire them, replace them, but also be like, hey, to all the other factories, like, nope, don't hire this woman. She's she's trying to ruin the system, right? Another, another quote says, one woman's testimony in GLJ's H&M report recalled how her employer made lunch contingent on finishing, quote, urgent pieces. So not only is the treatment of humans wrong within this industry, but also the factory themselves are wrong, the working conditions. So many factories are actually not sustainable, not built to maintain so many workers, but also the machinery that's put in them and the air quality, like all these things that are happening within this, these, these factories are unhealthy for the individuals working within them. And one of the main examples that people continuously look back to to show how extreme these working conditions are and how dangerous they are um, is the collapse of a garment factory in Bangladesh in 2013. It killed over 1,100 factory workers. So this was one of the factories that was creating low-cost, low-quality, fast-rate production clothing for the Western countries. And despite workers actually complaining, hey, there's cracks in the walls. Hey, I don't feel safe in here. We need to work in a a safer space. Management ignored these complaints and it actually ended up that the building collapsed one day and killed, like I said, 1,100 workers and then like thousands more were injured. Like I had heard about this that like some of the companies I shop at are using child labor or unfair or not paying fair wages. You know, I hear that, but then I was like, well, if it's really that big of an issue, why is there nothing being done? It must not be that big of an issue if nothing's being done and I'm not hearing about it, right? And I was just like, how are these, if it's really that bad, how are these companies getting away with it? And this is it. So these brands are paying companies overseas and these companies overseas are subcontracting the work out to manufacturing companies that aren't affiliated then with the brand that will ultimately receive and sell the clothing. Because of that, technically, they don't have any legal liability to the conditions that these workers are working under. But does that mean that they are not responsible? I would say no. I would say that if this information is so accessible to a normal everyday human like me, a normal ever everyday consumer like me, it's definitely accessible and they are definitely aware of what is going on overseas, especially when you have something like a collapse of a, a factory that you are working with. There's no denying back in 2013, if before then they didn't know, at least in 2013 when that happened, they knew and they became aware of what was happening. So I would say they are aware 
But I would say their love for money is what is causing them to continue to outsource this labor and not demand better working conditions for the factories that are being subcontracted. And I guess that that's the ultimate question is like, what is the root of this issue? Where where does where does it all stem from? And it is that love of money. And the Bible even says this. First Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money itself, but the love of it. This is a prime example of the evil that comes from people valuing money over literally anything else. Um, so it's these companies, these brands that love profiting so much that they would compromise the the people that they that work for them and the environment in exchange to get more profit, the love of money. And it is us as well, it's the consumers, it's our love of money that drives us to shop at these stores that offer cheap clothing, but then ultimately we are supporting these brands that are maintaining mistreatment of workers and also harming the environment. And so it really is a love of money that is the heart of this issue. And so what can we do? Um, I'm assuming that most of us on here are consumers. And so I'm not gonna really talk about like the manufacturing production side because I don't think those big name brand companies are gonna tune in. Maybe one day, that'd be awesome. So I'm just gonna speak to us as consumers because I'm a consumer. I was totally, like I said, shopped all fast fashion, continuously shopped. Um, and so how can we actually make a difference? So us as consumers, really the main solution, the main thing we can do is to buy less, to be less materialistic. Because some other options would be uh, to shop at thrift stores or ethically sustainable brands, and, and that's great, but still when it comes to the waste and the getting rid of the products, that's an issue as well. So really the, the main solution as consumers would be be less materialistic and to have a minimal amount. And so that's something that I just kind of did with my closet. And I think I lost all the footage. Guys, I vlogged the whole thing. So I'm hoping I can find the footage. But basically what I did is um, I haven't been shopping in like two years because I, I couldn't afford to. So um, now that so a lot of the clothes that I wore were my sister's. Well, both me and my sister are moving away. So we all we are each taking our own closets. And that meant that I thought I didn't have a lot of clothes. Well, what I did also, my parents are divorced, so I have two closets, so I never really saw my clothes together in one place. So I brought all my clothes into one place. I just realized how much I actually had, but then what I did is I sifted through and I was like, okay, like, what do I actually wear? And what do I not? And then what do I need? What basics do I need? And then I want to go purchase those either at a thrift store or a sustainable company. So actually everything I'm wearing today is thrifted. Um, I got this online. And then everything that I'm getting rid of, all the clothes that I'm getting rid of, which is a lot, um, I am selling or recycling. So I'm trying to be as ethical as possible with this in this process. But um, also I want to shop in an educated way, which meant like, okay, knowing which colors look good on me so I'm not buying things that ultimately I never wear. And that also meant knowing which stores to shop at that um, are not supporting the fast fashion industry and have ethical working conditions for their workers, you know, stuff like that. And so one thing I used was the app Good On You. And I, this is not sponsored at all. It's just a genuinely good app that I use and has helped me. And basically you can look up any store and it'll tell you, it'll rate them like one to five on like how ethical and sustainable they are. And then they'll give you the reason why. So everybody right now needs to go download Good On You, that app. 
Um, so that's really helped. But guys, it's hard. Like, I'm not going to lie. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot of the stores that you shop at are not doing the best that they can when it comes to good working conditions, fair pay, you know, all the things that we've been discussing. And it's really unfortunate. And I think the most alarming thing is I thought, oh, like, okay, if I go to a store and it has cheap prices, clearly it's fast fashion. So I'll go to the stores that I know cost more. So, you know, Urban Outfitters, American Eagle. And so I look those up assuming, oh, if I pay $70 for a pair of jeans, like clearly they um, cost more to make, right? And unfortunately, that's not what I found. So that's even like more annoying to me that hey, I'm paying even more for something that was still made unethically. You know what I mean? And so, yes, it's a good tell that a store is a fast fashion store if the prices are cheap, but don't make that the standard by which you like judge whether a store is participating in fast fashion or not, because even the stores with high prices are per participating in fast fashion. So yeah, as consumers, we just need to be happy with what we have and to buy clothes that are um, that are higher quality and that can be used in like multiple scenarios. Um, so something I saw is that I had like 20 black shirts, but in like different forms. I was like, I don't really need 20 black shirts. I need like maybe three, like one tank top, hence um, a t-shirt and then like a long sleeve shirt or something. And so just really stepping back and realizing, okay, like what do I actually need and how can I make my closet as um, usable or as, oh, what's the word, functional as possible. So that's a huge thing as consumers that we can do. And also there's tons of petitions out there that you can sign to demand better working conditions, working facilities, wages for these people. One last thing I'll note is some of you might argue, well, that's just capitalism. And that's the argument that I was kind of like aligning with and justifying my purchasing with when I was shopping with these companies is like, that's just capitalism. To an extent it is, but I don't think capitalism is denying people of human rights or um, abuse in the workplace, you know, like supporting that, that's not capitalism. And so if anything, there needs to be reform for the working conditions, the people that are working in these factories and the companies that are hiring and maintaining um, the process that enforces these types of working conditions and treatment of their workers, these companies need to be held responsible and, and need to be called to a higher standard. And that happens as consumers because we are the ones giving them our money. So we have to make the decision, are we willing to give our money to these companies or are we going to take the harder route, and it is harder, to be spending more money um, on higher quality clothing and brands that are doing their part in the environment and with human rights. So yeah, that's been hard for me to learn because I have, as I shopped and I got the things that I needed um, for my closet after you know sifting through everything, I have been spending more money on less, but I think that the clothes I have been buying are more sustainable. It's really made me appreciate you know what I have and I, I, I'm totally under the, the mindset of like, why would I pay $30 for a shirt when I could pay five at H&M, but then I'm like, okay, Lindsay, but what is what is that $5 really supporting? What's the true cost? And that's why I love the name of that documentary, The True Cost. So yeah, I've plugged all the sources that I used to for this information because um, I think that's super important is knowing that, you know, I'm getting it from credible sources. So don't just take my word for it, but do your own research. And I've given you all the links, all the articles that I read through. Also, the True Cost documentary is something great that everybody should watch. Um, the Good On You app is super helpful. 
and yeah, I think I think that's it. But I just want to provide a source because I think that's something that we need to start valuing is really checking and, and fact-checking the sources we listen to because I think that is one way that lies can get widespread in the media is we just automatically believe without checking sources. And so I want to make sure that I make my sources available to you guys so that uh, you guys can know where I get my information and then you can determine for yourself whether they're factual, but I do try and use like, I do use credible sources. <laughs> just, you, just I encourage you to go look at those things and, you know, consider, are you willing to support these companies that are um, doing harm to both your wallet, the environment, and people all over the world? That's the question for you, and there will be more next week. Mm-hmm.